a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Bo Bamberg, freestyle god. We're going to talk about Eddie Van Halen and his genius and his music and everything else that went on with Eddie. And we're really certainly sad about Eddie's passing at age 65, uh, still way too young, um, just uh, a week and a half ago or so. And if there's one guy that maybe loves Eddie Van Halen more than me, it might be Bo Bamberg. And and on top of that, this dude is fucking really talented with a guitar. And so we thought we'd do something uh, in Eddie's memory. Van Halen absolutely changed the game for me growing up, uh, whether it was the 1980. I kind of got into a 1984, to be honest. Obviously, I knew about them with the, with the first one, but I was uh, eight or nine when 1984 came out. And uh, it really, it yeah, it was awesome. Panama and Jump were phenomenal. And then, uh, as everybody knows, I'm a big, huge fan of all the Sammy stuff. 5150 disc, still my number one uh, CD I've ever owned and my favorite. And 5150 might be my favorite song ever. It's definitely my favorite Van Halen song, but that changes a little bit here and there. But consistently, probably my favorite stuff. Uh, Grew up racing on it, put it on my headphones before my motos, put it on while I worked out, put it on while I e-bike ride, uh, put it on while I drove across the country for 11 years as a mechanic, uh, going to the different races. Uh, I used to just blast it. Uh, Van Halen, old stuff, new stuff, whatever it was, it didn't matter. And uh, we're going to miss him for sure. Absolute legend. So thanks to Fly Racing, Maxis and Renthal for coming on this podcast. And uh, I don't do too much sponsor stuff for this one. Let's just get right into it, shall we? Here's Bo Bamberg and I talking about the genius, the legend that is Eddie Van Halen. All right, everybody, as promised, let's uh, get into ed- all things Eddie Van Halen and uh, and also hear some cool stuff, too, uh, from, uh, from a buddy of mine, uh, freestyle legend Bo Bamberg. What's up, Bo? How are you, man? It's a good way to start. Good, it's a good I'm way doing, to start, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good uh, considering, you know, uh, the circumstances and uh, – yeah, it's been rough, man. It's it's been rough. really weird. I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I've never, I don't think I've ever really experienced uh, something like that. You know, like with someone dying that I didn't know yeah. personally. Yeah. Like how it actually uh, affects you, and then you don't really realize it until something like that happens. And how much, um, you know, that 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 guy's actually part of your everyday life, really. Like especially with me because. Like every room I go in in the house or every, you know, time I listen to music or every time, every, anywhere I go, I see, I have a striped guitar probably hanging in every room of my house <laughs> or a poster or a t-shirt or a, you know, whatever, man. So it was, uh, it yeah. was really weird. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, 
uh, if people want to check out, we did a sound check episode, I want to say like a year and a half ago or so, and we did some of our favorite Halen songs on there. Uh, this isn't going to be that necessarily. We might touch on that, but go back in the archives, just search sound check and, and Bo, Bo and I get into it on, uh, on that one as well for some of our favorite Eddie Van Halen tunes. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I uh, the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, uh, a Canadian band named Tragically Hip. He passed away three years ago. Um, and yeah, and dude, I, I mean, I had my grandparents pass away. That's about it. I have both my parents, and I haven't had anybody really close to me pass away. And this singer, and now Eddie, I can't believe how much it's affected me for someone I've never met. I, I don't know them. They don't know me. Uh, it's very strange, but I just think of the hours and hours and hours I, se- I spent listening to music, uh, listening to uh, Gord Downey's lyrics, trying to trying to think about them, um, and Eddie's guitar playing, and, and it's, it's it's really weird, right? Like, why should it? It shouldn't affect you that much. Yeah, it really. I don't know. It's just su- super weird. And I was thinking about it when uh, I first got the news, and you know, obviously, I was like, "Oh man, well, I just want to play some guitar right mm-hmm. now or whatever." And I, I picked the thing up, and I couldn't even. I really couldn't even play it, to be honest with you. And I, I started thinking about just how many hours of my life I've spent standing like in in a room, just trying to sound like him. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I countless, countless hours and like blisters <laughs> on my fingers and like just tweaking knobs to, to try to make it sound like him. And uh, it, it's you don't realize what a big part of my, my life anyway well, that that was, I guess it was like, yeah, it was just really weird. And like I said, I'd never met him, uh, you know, anything like that. But did you, you could say, I guess I'm borderline obsessed or whatever <laughs> with, with the, the music that he's made and and uh yeah, it was just it was really weird. Do you have satellite radio? Uh in the in the truck, yeah. Yeah, Deep Tracks has been doing nothing but hailing for since, yeah, since he passed away. So yeah. that has not really left my radio uh since I got in into every time I get in my truck right now. Um yeah. do you yeah, especially for you too, Bo, because look, I just listened to the music and uh grew up with it and loved it and listened to, to Sammy stuff mostly, some David stuff. But you actually are a very accomplished guitar player, so yeah, exactly. Like you are sitting in front of a book or a video, and you're li- or you're, you're listening, and you're trying to do it, and and you know you're trying to play what he does and how he did, and and uh, that I can't even imagine. Like you said, how many hours you have? That's insane. Yeah, I mean, I really I was thinking about it, and I'm just thinking, man, like when I and when I'm really really trying to learn something, it mm-hmm. seems like you know with with anything else, you know, if I'm jamming to Zeppelin songs or the Black Crows or, or just any other band, like I, I seem to pick up on that stuff a lot easier. And for some reason, man, it, mm-hmm. I, I just have to work and work and work to get, uh, to get Ed stuff to even sound close to how he was doing it. And, uh, I, I don't know, man, yeah. like I said, I've, I've spent, I, I don't know, maybe thousands of hours probably tr- just sitting here with a guitar in my hand, trying to, make mine sound like his now i don't know how much of a shock it was for you i had read something a couple i want to say two or three months ago either a guy from cinderella or warrant or one of those bands that i don't know that well was gave an interview and said that he was kind of told to go see ed while he can and i'm like oh shit like that that didn't sound good you know what i mean um and, and you know we hadn't heard any new music for a while there wasn't any plans to tour, you know, for anything like that. I know people were asking David, 
David Lee Roth did a, a little residency here in Vegas before the COVID thing shut it down. So I don't know. Did you did you know this was coming, or did did it just hit you hard? I kind of had that that interview I read where I was like, oh man, I heard you know, and I kind of heard that his cancer had come back. Yeah, I'd kind of heard some stuff too, and I, I, you always hope that it's not true, you right? Know what I mean, because like, you know, he's he was like for guitar players, he was like our Superman. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to believe that he's hurt or something's wrong. And, but, uh, you know, you, that, that interview that David Lee Roth did, and I think it was on either Joe Rogan or Howard Stern or something like that. And he was just basically like, Oh yeah, you know, we're done. Van Halen's done, blah, blah, blah. And that, that kind of, I kind of had a feeling it had something to do with Ed's health. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I was, I was kind of worried about it. And then, you know, with everybody being so quiet on social media lately and, and, uh, you know, in that camp anyway, like, yeah, I just kind of, I kind of figured it wasn't good. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. More and quiet then, than uh, usual. Yeah. More quiet than usual for the brothers. Right. I mean, they yeah. notoriously, they don't do much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've always been kind of, you know, recluses, but, uh, they, yeah, just, I kind of had a weird feeling and not, not like, I just, I just kind of thought that he was probably done, you know, like he was going to just retire the kind of rest, take it easy, whatever, you know, hopefully yeah. that he was healthy. Like I thought that he was still fighting it, you know. Hopefully, but yeah, um, yeah. When I when I got the news, you know, on that, I, what was it like a Tuesday or something? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just really shocking, man. It was like it was really really weird. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. Um, I, so the the satellite radio thing, they've had uh, Kenny Chesney, Brett Michaels, Tom Morello, uh, just to name a few guys doing their favorite Van Halen stuff, and and there's even been more guys than that. Off the top of my head, I can't remember them. And they all say the same thing. And this comes back to a question I want to ask you as well. All of them have said to a man, they're like, no one sounded like Eddie. And that's totally true. Uh, but maybe you can explain it a little bit differently as far as like, so if I if I gave you Eddie's guitar, if I gave you his Frankenstein guitar that he made or anything after that or anything else, um, you could pick it up. Why? Couldn't you sound like him? Like, what's what was it? What was it? <laughs> well, any guitar player will tell you that it's really the most of your tone. You know what I mean? You can you can have three different guys pick up the same guitar, and they're going to sound different. You know, they're going to sound like them because yep. it's it's all in your fingers. Not you know, hundred percent, but yeah. a lot of it yep. is in your yep. fingers and the feel, how you hit the string, what your attack is on the on your pick hand. Like, how, you know, how hard you're hitting the string, what, you know, what you're doing to kind of give it a little, uh, like I give you a little example here, like a little, just like, like a little vibrato, you know, like yeah. kind of make it your own. Everybody's different, man. And when you obsess over a, a certain player or a sound like I have, you really, really, you know, pick up on that stuff really easy. You can, you can tell who it is. Like especially since this has happened, you know, I've been obviously just watching all these crazy, like deep, deep track YouTube yeah. things where uh, Ed's <laughs> playing with, you know, like where he's jamming with Simon and Garfunkel on stage. Oh, really? You know? Oh, it's wow. really weird. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they're playing like the sound of silence or something like that. And then all of a sudden you hear like Ed come in doing his, doing his stuff. And you're like, where that, like, I, I wasn't even paying attention to the TV when it was on. But all of a sudden, I heard the solo come in, and I was like, yeah. "What the hell?" I had to like run to the TV to make sure because I knew, yeah. I knew as soon as I heard it. But really, man, I hear stories, you know, from guys who are just like 100% top level guitar players in the world. Guys mm-hmm. like Nuno Betancourt, and, yeah, 
um, guys that have played Eddie's rig during rehearsals or during sound checks or something like that. And they'll go up there and, you know, like think, oh, cool, I'm going to play Mean Street or I'm going to do whatever. They'll try to go into a Van Halen thing. And they will be like, dude, I, first of all, I couldn't even control the rig because it was so <laughs> loud and crazy. Secondly, I just sounded like me. I, I did not sound anything yeah. like Eddie Van Halen. Now, uh, he literally, I mean, like, like Stu, like James Stewart, and bring this around to a modal thing. I mean, he just changed the game. He just changed the game, didn't he? Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. I mean, and I would say, like, he, he didn't just change the game with his technique. I mean, he changed the guitar itself. Like, there was not that Frankenstein that he built. There, there wasn't a guitar available like yeah, that. Yeah, like, talk, about, talk about that if you can. Maybe educate the listeners a little bit on I don't know yeah, if it was, so, was it a lack of money or was it what, what was it that he he started out to tell us about that? Yeah, so his first guitar he he wanted a sound of a Gibson that has a humbucking pickup in it, and uh, it's kind of got a fatter, bigger sound. And uh, but there wasn't a Gibson that had a uh, like a vibrato bar, okay, like the like the whammy bar, yeah, you whammy, know, people yeah. call it or whatever, and. Uh, so basically, he took a pickup out of a Gibson, chiseled out the body of a Fender Strat copy that he got for, I think he got the body for like 80 bucks and the neck for 100 bucks or the body for 50 bucks or whatever it was. Right. And uh, yeah, threw the thing together himself and uh, threw that Gibson pickup in it. And uh, like I said, he kind of had to like chisel out the, the body to, to make that pickup fit in there because it's twice as wide as the, as the Fender pickup. So he chiseled the body out and then kind of threw that thing in there, and uh, he didn't really know how to rewire it. <laughs> okay. So he kind of just he kind of got it figured out to where he hooked that pickup up to the volume knob. Yeah. Because that's all he really wanted anyway. And all the other stuff he kind of just stuffed in the empty cavities. And then when that guitar was white, it had a pick guard on it, so it looked like it just had a single pickup in it, and. Uh, so you couldn't see the stuff underneath it. And then when he painted it red, he uh, kind of made that custom little pick guard. And right. you could see the exposed cavities with the pickup selector switch in the middle that wasn't really hooked up. And then there was a dummy fake pickup in the neck position that wasn't hooked up either. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the guitar he used for the first four, I guess, or something? First four or five albums? Uh, well, the first – yeah, I mean the first couple albums basically um, – Everything you hear that doesn't have a vibrato bar on it, like um, like Running with the Devil, um, stuff like that was mm -hmm. recorded on the Ibanez Destroyer, the one that ended up becoming the Shark guitar. Okay. So that stuff was recorded on that guitar, I think, before it was hacked up into the Shark guitar when it was all white. And that was a Ibanez built in the 70s Explorer, or I mean a Destroyer, which wasn't a Gibson Explorer copy. Okay. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so everything you, a lot of stuff you hear on that album that doesn't have, you know, the whammy bar stuff, that's all the, uh, the destroyer and, uh, everything else you hear with the whammy bar. That's, I think on the first album, that's pretty much all Frankie. And then, uh, the second album, um, he, he had other guitars, you know, you see right. him in the studio with, you know, flying V's and, and, uh, the black one that they, they made for him that Charvel made after Frankie, the one that he buried with Dimebag. Yeah. So that one came out, I think, right. That one came around right after the second album when they went on tour. Oh, okay. I thought it was the Frankenstein was used for the recording of, of the first three or four. I thought I read that somewhere. 
but no. Um, okay. The, I think the first album he got was mostly the Destroyer and yep. Frankenstein, and then uh, the second album he might have used something else. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then uh, I know when, when he was in the studio, he he used all kinds of stuff. So when he signed up with PV at some point to do some custom stuff and, or, you know, not custom stuff, but his own signature line of guitars. And I think there was somebody else in there too, that he, he did something with. Did you ever play any of those? Did they sound different or was it, was it a case of like, Hey, Justin Barsha has got some signature goggles from Scott, but they are just Scott goggles with like a different paint scheme, right? Like, was there actually something pretty different about Ed's lines of guitars that he partnered up with these different companies? Um, they weren't really different, but I mean, they were, they were designed his. for yeah. him. They were his. Him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. What you were getting was what he played. Okay. All right. And just like, just like everyone has their own personal preferences on how it's set up or right. how they, they liked different strings or string height or just whatever, you know okay. what I mean? Like you, you could do it however you want, but basically, yeah, you know, and, and no one ever really knows if, uh, you're playing the exact same pickups that he's playing right now or whatever. Yeah. Because that's just like saying, like, well, I got a Honda, so it's exactly like Ken Rawson's bike. <laughs> right, right. No, that's what I was wondering. I didn't know if you knew how close it was or if it was just marketing yeah. bullshit or, you know, whatever, right? Like, No, I, those yeah. Ernie Balls were really sweet. I actually right. had a friend in high school, and, uh, like, I couldn't I couldn't even look at one of those, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I couldn't even think about affording it. But I had a friend whose, like, family had money, you know, and he had one. Oh, yeah. And it was it was the first – it was probably – honestly, that was probably the first really nice guitar I ever played. And uh, I wasn't even good enough to, like, really play anything good on it. But yeah. it was uh, cool, you know. I mean, it's the first time I really got to oh, – this is what he plays. Oh, my God. It's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that must, have, yeah, that, must have been, that must have been so rad. That must have been pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. cool, especially for, like, a kid like me because, I, yeah. you know – there's no way like yeah that thing was probably worth more than the car I was driving I'm sure it was <laughs> probably is still now right um yeah. uh I don't love the fact that you know he, he, he the guitar god and everyone you know loved him and everyone co- tried to copy him and then at some point he's like you know what I'm kind of bored on that I'm going to do keyboards I'm going to do piano for F, uh unlawful carnal knowledge I'm going to do keyboards for 1984 and 5150 and all of that. And he's just like, this is all what I can do. And I can keep going and doing more if you guys want. Like, he just, he was a genius. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. That's, that's another reason I think it, you know, it hits so hard is because really he was our Beethoven or our, yeah. you know, Bach or what, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. I obviously didn't get, it wasn't around for Hendrix. And uh, I didn't get to see any of that. You know, obviously a huge fan of Hendrix and stuff. But, you know, Eddie was our guy for our era, and not only just just that, but he changed the whole entire game so much, and it was just really, really cool that like we got to be alive right. at the same time as that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, I, I'm with you. I, I listening, re-listening to the stuff, you know, deep tracks, and then on my iPod and everything else. I went out and did a. You know, I'm a Sammy guy. You know that. But oh, yeah. I, I went out on a mountain bike ride shortly after he passed away, the day of or the, day, the next day, and I just put on Van Halen playlist on uh, on my iPod on Apple Music and, and bicycled to that. Unfortunately, it was more DLR than Sammy, so I was upset about the ratio. But anyways, uh, uh, I, you, you listen to some of the stuff, and you know he could have done a formulaic song if he, if, if he wanted to or if he wanted to sell songs or whatever but there are songs that are like 
really popular, whether it's Dreams, whether it's um, uh, I'll Wait or whatever, where he's going off in a direction with his solo or, or, the, or the chorus or whatever, and then he just breaks off of that and, and winds it into another direction. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense except this sounds beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Like, he just... He was like, "Ah, I'm gonna do this, and this is the this is my this is my um whatever the technical term of it. This is what I'm gonna play for you know a minute and a half. This little riff here, and then I'm going off on my solo, and I'm going off in a completely different direction, and I'll bring it all back to the riff. And it's just it's brilliance, man. When you really just listen to the guitars, it's such such brilliance on so many songs. Oh my god, yeah, it's uh it's crazy, man. Like uh, Ed always said, uh, he always had a famous quote that was like. Hey man, to hell with the rules, you know, yeah, if it yeah. sounds right, yeah, yeah. then it is. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, it, and people talk about it all the time too, how many, how after Van Halen 1 came out, the explosion of people trying to do what he was <laughs> right, doing. Right. And no one could even come close because they didn't have that musicianship that he had. Like, he was a true, like musical I mean, genius. genius. I mean, seriously, genius is, is the perfectly word for it. It really is. Uh, yeah. I obviously, mean, there's, we're there's too no better way to put it. Obviously, we're too biased Van Halen fans, but I really believe that. Just, I truly believe that. It, it just, yeah. I mean, like, there's stuff like, uh, play a little part right here where that part in uh, Drop Dead Legs, yep. where it goes, uh, well, I'll play it real quick. And like, then, and, yeah, and then it just then it just comes in hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who would ever think to like put something like that to lead back into the right into the chorus? You know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I was actually a little out of tune when I played that. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, we didn't to. believe it. <laughs> nobody, nobody's complaining. Um, so obviously eruption is what you know everyone wants to talk about uh how long did it take you to learn that one how, how, and obviously everybody there's a famous uh, uh wayne in wayne's world when when wayne picks up the guitar and then he starts playing stairway to heaven and they say hey there's no stairway to heaven here i feel like bo there should be there's no eruption allowed anymore yeah right <laughs> i mean that i think there should be no eruption allowed just out of respect kind of thing yeah you know yeah I mean? like, yeah like I, I very rarely ever play a stairway to heaven, um, just for that reason. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Um, did you, yeah, I, I, dude, you can't, you always go into guitar center or somewhere yeah. and some kid is, you know, like, like playing, doing some kind of finger tapping thing, not, not necessarily playing eruption, but, yeah. um, the thing about that is, is what's funny is that part of eruption, that tapping part. Yeah, the thing, that, and that, and to be clear, Bo, he started, he invented that, right? Nobody was doing that. Uh, he he invented writing melodies with it. Okay. I mean, there's guys that you know, like, so there'd be guys before that would hit a note, like, and then reach up, you yep. know, five or six, whatever frets, yep, with their right hand to hit a note that you just can't reach with your left hand. Okay. So there was guys doing that. But no, no one, like, no one was doing stuff like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. actually writing, like, 
a beautiful melody with that technique. He came up with that. How long did it take you to do it for you? Uh, well, like I said, that part is actually the easiest part. Oh, is it really? Oh, okay. yeah, it's oh, wow. Like, it's really, oh, wow. if you have any kind of rhythm, you yep. can just, and you know, I'll, I'll kind of show you. Do, like, do, uh, start yeah, slow. Do, So I mean, it's just kind of a rhythm thing, and if you get that little technique down, yep. you can you can do it all over the place, you know. Oh, okay. See, I would I would totally again. I'm such a I know nothing about guitar playing. I took one lesson, and I would love to play. I, I I'm very jealous of of you being able to play this stuff. Um, I would thought that would have been that would have been the hardest part. That's so funny. No, yeah. no, that's actually the easiest part. There's a part that uh, I actually can't even do right now because I I tore some metacarpals in my knuckles. Okay. And my uh, spread is, is crazy, man. It's like I, I'm having a hard time. I'm really having to work with, uh, like, getting my the stretch back in my hands here. What, uh, which, which solo? What, what do you think you play? What do you think you play the closest to them, or what are you most proud of of what you can do uh, that sounds, you know, really close to what he, Ed, Ed Ed can do? Oh, geez, man. I don't even know. You know, I like really when I play, I like to play a lot of the early stuff. Yep. Um, kind of the more raw, just live in the studio, just him on the guitar, live kind of stuff, because that's when you're just by yourself in your in your room or whatever. That's kind of the easiest stuff to play along with. And kind of, you can just sit there. You don't even need to play with this song necessarily. But yep. You can sit there and play with it and kind of make it sound like, you know what I mean? Like if I sit here and like... so like you can just it, that actually sounds like the like the album you know what i yeah. mean so you can sit there and, and it seemed like kind of the later sammy kind of stuff was more complex and almost like way more shreddy in a way, like the solos and stuff on those albums. So yeah. it's a lot harder, a lot really, really hard for me to play. I think he was bored. I think he was like, watch this. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it became more about not that just like letter rip, right. you know, loose, fast, um, young, you know, young kid just full of angst and like, look what I can do kind of thing to right. more like like insane songwriting and you know um like how he put the solos together and and yeah it, it kind of became a little more complex and like i said that stuff whew, is is super super hard to play like i have a buddy that is super super good at the at the van hagar era um eddie stuff and a uh, little shout out here to liquid charlie on youtube check him out or on instagram that dude, uh, he's the man when it comes to the uh, Sammy era stuff. So check him out, man. If you, I watched like, uh, some dudes rip some. Uh, yeah, I watched Hagar uh, era Eddie solos. I watched some YouTube stuff the other day, and uh, my, my favorite Halen song is Fifty One Fifty off of Fifty One Fifty. And um, I watched this guy do it, and it looked perfect. He, you know, he had the backing music to it, and yep. and they just it looked perfect. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you end up doing that? Um, 
And then the stuff like right now where it had keyboards or piano, and then he goes into a solo, you're just like, oh, God, dude. Like, obviously. Uh, the solo of that song is just, it's, that's a masterpiece. Right? It's insane. It's just absolutely nutty. Um, yeah, and he probably wanted to, like, you know, just make the solo rip after. He's got to be pretty bored in that song on guitar because basically, I mean, it just goes like. Oh, yeah, switch my thing here. He goes. That's pretty much what he does through the whole song until the solo. Until you know, the solo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, until the rest is piano. So he's got to be super. I, I, it's funny. I just watched a video yesterday of them playing that live on the Balance Tour, I think. And, yeah. Uh, he just looked so bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they would pipe in the keyboards and piano. You know, he wouldn't do yeah. it. At least the shows that I went to, he never did it. It was always piped in probably because, you know, he had to focus on his guitar stuff. But, yeah, um, um, yeah I, can, I can't imagine uh, for, for a guy like him. He's just like, oh, geez, here we go. Right? Yeah. Like standard stuff where you're like, okay, I got this all day long. But even like the songs like Cabo Wobble on 0812, like Sammy obviously does the lyrics. And I don't know what it is. Apparently, Eddie brought the, 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 the sound to Sammy and Sammy wrote lyrics to the sound. That's how they did it. Um and when you listen to a song like Cabo Wobble, Eddie's playing just sounds like, I don't know, Mexico to me. It sounds like vacation. It sounds like sun and sand to me. I have no idea why. Obviously, it must be the lyrics. But I just he, – that kind of stuff, I'm just like, these guys are perfect for each other, you know? Yeah, man. And that's like – that's just part of like what we talked about before on the last podcast is like when you hear a song – it just instantly transforms you back to like probably when you first heard it and it was fresh to you and you probably had that in your head that he's talking about Cabo and, you know, you know, uh, crash on the beach, you know, yeah. whatever. And like the lyrics, you know, it just paints that picture of you're on the beach and like, you know, usually all those albums come out in the summer usually. So you're probably, you know, like cruising, you know, got the windows down and you're yeah. like just rocking out to Van Halen, having a great time. Yeah. That's, you know, part of the reason that, you know, I love this stuff too, is like, it's just all about, it really, it's all just about good memories, you know, like mm -hmm. anytime I'm rocking out to Van Halen or have good music going, it's, it's a positive thing for sure. I wonder if he's got a lot of demos and B sides and stuff. Obviously their, their, their albums were pretty notoriously short. All of them were, were pretty short. Um, I wonder how much stuff he's got in the vault that we'll see or we'll hear about if at all, you know, Eddie, or Sammy made it sound like in his book there was just guitars and masters and tapes everywhere in his in the fifty one fifty recording studio. But who knows how much of that is actually you know put down to paper as far as a a lyric or a yeah. Lyric. There's a there's actually a video um, pretty easy to find on YouTube actually of a tour of his home studio fifty one fifty studios and they uh, he shows and talks about all the tapes that are on the wall that that. Uh, he says just have you know they're all full of music and riffs and stuff that he likes and yeah or not even necessarily stuff that he likes but just when you know him and alex or whatever would be in there he'd hit record and uh he has just i mean thousands it looks like thousands of tapes <laughs> of stuff that i mean that you know i guess only wolfgang will know you know now like what's on there yeah yeah did you see them the last tour i didn't i missed it because i was on tour yeah um yeah, I, I missed the one. I got to see him twice with Dave uh, the last three times they toured, and I was so bummed, man. I, I couldn't uh, 
I couldn't make any of the ones on the very last tour because of, you know, I was yeah. on tour myself. You were doing, you were doing your own shows. Uh, yeah, I, I went, I went by myself. My wife didn't want to go. They played MGM, uh, grand here, the arena. And I just an hour before showtime, I bought a ticket and went by myself and he looked so happy. He looked like he was in a good spot. You know, I, I'm not a fan of Dave. Dave can't sing anymore. He absolutely shot. Um, you know, he, and he runs around trying to do karate kicks half the time, but anyways, regardless, uh, Eddie played great and looked really happy, clean and sober. You know, I don't know. It was three years ago, four years ago now. Um, it was really cool to see him like that, you know, cause he was a mess at one point. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Like I said, like when we talked about this before too, I think back in like Oh seven, Oh eight, something like that. When he was just not looking good, not doing good. Um, yeah, I, re- I was really worried about him then, you know. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. thinking like, oh, geez, I hope this isn't the end of <laughs> the end of you know my hero here. Yeah. And then, uh, man, when he came back, I was so happy, man, so pumped. Like when you know he started doing the stuff with Fender, and and they made the Frankie replicas, and and then he started doing the Wolfgang stuff with them, and you know each each video they'd put out, he looked healthier and healthier. And, right. Man, I remember being so happy seeing those that he was like, you know, back to. Just back to being healthy and, and sober and yeah, whatever. What was the uh, what was the trickiest thing you've had to learn how to play from his him his stuff? What's I mean, uh, like, it's all man, it's all so <laughs> tricky, dude. I mean, like I'm not a musician, dude. I, I jump motorcycles for a living, so <laughs> all that shit's so hard for me. But like, there's a uh, um, even like I gotta tell you, like there's some stuff like uh, the part in Mean Street mm-hmm. that. It's the uh, thought you'd never miss me till I got a fat city address part. Yeah. So that part is super weird to play. It's kind of just a really weird rhythm, and I played it wrong for so long until I really had to like listen to the isolated track and figure out what he was doing. But um, just like really cool rhythm stuff, like. Yeah. Like, that, like that weird rhythm section and like that stuff like that is so cool to me, you know, and like, I don't think he does with guitar players, but nobody really ever talks about just to me, almost his rhythm playing was like better than his lead playing, you know, minus all the inventive stuff that he did you yeah. know, that, that he brought to the game. But um, the rhythm playing is just unbelievable, man. Yeah. I, I, the, you know, even that little riff you played there at one point, like it's something to do. I don't know what you're doing or what he was doing, but you know, all of a sudden it, it changes a pitch and almost sounds like you're underwater at some point. Playing, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even know what it is, but you're like, you've, when you hear that, you're like, I've never heard that before. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's that flange. It's a flanger that he, it's like, uh, like that's what you're hearing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, like on humans being too. It's like, Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, totally yeah, right. So I never, I never even thought about that. You're right. It's, it's, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he, and he uses that a lot. Um, so for stuff like little fills that he does, um, like in, like say like Atomic Punk or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he uses one effect for the. Uh, right. And then sometimes when he he uses he'll use the flanger on top of that to like kind of really send it kind of into orbit kind of thing. Like, so he'll go like. like that with it just to kind of give it a cool yeah you wonder like how did he how did he uh i don't know if that's ted templeton or if that's eddie like how they're layering it like you said like they're laying it on top of one another like how do you No, i think you i mean i don't know um i really don't know how he recorded that stuff because like even in um say like okay like in uh, ain't talking about love when he goes when you hear when you hear it on the Yeah, he, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing it. You're, you're doing it at the same time. Yeah, so yeah. I have to hit it every single time. And I, yep. I mean, it would be really hard to do that, and when you're playing live, especially as much as he ran around. Yeah. So a lot of guys, like nowadays, um, I know a lot of guys will have their techs with the the techs will have their pedal board on the side of the stage, and they know all the songs, you know, so they know when to hit the guy's pedals for him. Oh, no way. Really? Oh, I didn't no, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, like you could have somebody do it for you as long as you trust them, but yep, you yep. Know, it, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know how they recorded it. If you know, they were adding that stuff yeah. in the later or if he, I, I don't know if he was doing it live or what, but I, I'm going to guess your favorite Sammy era disc is, is carnal knowledge. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Right. Because that's like, the one of my favorite, favorite songs to play of all time. Yeah, a little run around. 
down yeah. there. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I love that song. And like we talked about in the beginning of this where he would go off in another direction. Like that's that could be three songs in there for somebody. Oh, yeah, for, sure. for for yeah. like a normal regular guitarist, right? Like the what you're doing there is is three different types of sound. Totally. Yeah, and yeah. what's really cool, I love man, that's one of my favorite little rhythm sections and it's not really that hard to play. It just I love the uh little sus like you can always tell it's Ed when you hear it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I love the stuff you guys like in the like stuff like that and you instantly know it's him. Bo Bamberg on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal Bars, of course. Uh, also, want to thank the folks at Race Tech Suspension and Motors. Uh, Pulp Twenty is the code to save with those guys. Uh, those are our, the sponsors on this podcast. Uh, EVH Memorial podcast with Bo Bamberg. Thank you to Fly Racing and Maxis Renthal, and of course the folks at Race Tech as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's just amazing to hear that stuff's kind of isolated a little bit, right? And that's where kind of yeah. I I did a deep dive on YouTube. Like I said, I. Heard that guy uh, play the fifty-one fifty riff, and it was pretty much spot on. Do you do it with the music, or do you do it kind of just by yourself, just the guitar stuff? How do you do it when you want to pl- practice or learn it? Uh, when I want to learn it, really, I'll play it with the song because I always, I, I tend to just be the guy that picks up the guitar and plays from memory. Okay. And it's kind of like you develop bad habits. Or you- kind of forget stuff like i just literally was playing panama yesterday and i, I was like oh there's this one little part that i was looking for on youtube i was like man I, I can't figure out what he's doing right there and i realized i was i'd completely forgotten a part oh really <laughs> so i was like oh shit i gotta go back and like i gotta go back and like relearn the thing again um but usually it's just you know because i'm so busy with traveling or with you know yep. whatever man i'm I, I, if I get 10 minutes to come here, pick up the guitar and just do it and, you know, do, you know, make some noise and have fun. And then that's usually what I'm doing. If I do have time, then say I'll jam with some music or whatever. And, uh, I have a little drum machine that's plugged in all my stuff. So a lot of times I'll just hit a, just a drum beat and okay. you know, try to jam to that or whatever. And, um, but yeah, sometimes like if I'm really trying to like nail something, I want it to sound exactly like the album. I'll put the album on you know, to get the timing down, or you know, whatever. Um, let's do. Let's hear some Panama. Panama. Is that, uh, we might is have to that, do that one over after. Is I that, have to adjust something again. Is that last part really tough to play? Or is that no, more is that more finger? Is that is that this part? That part? Uh well no, the end that that part is the same as the end part, I guess. It's the thing is that finger tapping? Is that going into the into the drums? Like at the very end? Uh no, that's just uh it's just a little chord right here. And then some harmonics. 
Ah, okay. Which is where you just lightly put your finger, you, you barely touch the string right above the fret. Okay. And it does what's called a harmonic, which is like... Which he uses a lot too, like, you know, he'll go... Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely thing. God, that, is there a more iconic hard rock song than Panama? Like, seriously, the whole... Oh, I don't think so, man. <laughs> right. Like, here, I'm going I'm to... I'm going to do that one again, so I have to change something on the pedal here. All right. All right. Well, it's fine. We can deal with it. That's great. Okay, so next up, the Beat It solo. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, I haven't. I've never. I've never tried to learn that. I I love it. I absolutely love that solo. Is it? And uh, it's just one of those that I haven't like really sat down and. um, I think the story. I think the story is he did it in one take and left. I think he was there thirty minutes or something. Yeah, I think that's what I heard too. You know, he got the call and he he thought it was a joke at first and. Yeah. Then when he finally uh, figured it out, you know, I guess he went down there and maybe did one or two takes or something like that. And, yeah. And just left. And he's like, well, ah, no one's going to listen to that kid's album anyway. And, and then he didn't he, even know who Michael Jackson was. Yeah. And, and uh, he uh, got no royalties or anything. Didn't care. Yeah. Never got paid. He wasn't even worried about it. He was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just didn't. I didn't think anybody listened to it. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I knew, um, besides obviously loving his stuff, uh, we share a fondness and, and he's gone on the record a couple times. I've read different interviews or whatever. I absolutely feel like one of the most underrated albums ever is Peter Gabriel. So from like 1986, it's an amazing, yeah, it's an amazing disc. Last, last album he bought. <laughs> right, that's what he's always said. He always said it was the last album he bought. He said it was the perfect album. He absolutely loved everything about Peter Gabriel. So, and I remember thinking like, God, dude, like. I was the one running around telling everybody like this Peter Gabriel so disc is so amazing and I still listen to a lot to that today and I always think about how Eddie much how much Eddie loved that one and how odd it was that he loved it but I was always like stoked that he had found this secret quote unquote disc that I you know that I had too so um, yeah no that's cool yeah I mean he just that's the musician part man like right. when you hear something that's great it doesn't matter what it is you know if it's Oasis or Pantera you know what I mean like, yeah yeah it just you like what you like. And I mean, especially someone like him who, who was music, you know what I mean? Like he understood and probably heard things that, you know, mere mortals like us couldn't hear. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you uh, want to, again, if you want to check out that sound check episode, Bo and I did uh, a year and a half ago or so, 
where we uh, I think we I think I broke the rules. It's usually one song per artist only, but I think for you and because we're such VH fans, I broke the rules and we played multiple Van Halen songs. I believe probably. Yeah, we did. We had to, man. You, know, we you had can't to. just pick one. That no. was like probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It's just having to pick <laughs> what Van Halen songs I'd put on a list. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Anything else you got to play for us? Did, did, did we catch it all? Oh, I got one thing for you. I know yeah. we talked about this. Uh, we talked about this last time. Uh huh. And uh, I just want to see if you can recognize this. <laughs> nice, <laughs> you did it. Um, yeah. N- n- yeah. Like, like. Oh man, what a way to kick off an album, too. Like just that those big like. How do you figure out? Yeah, how do you figure out? Let's take a drill and and hold it to the, to the, to the string. Pickups. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think probably what happened was I think his tech was. I think I'd actually heard a story about this one time, and I think maybe his volume was on or something like that. His tech was working on a guitar near that one, and it'll pick it up. Like I'm, I'm a full arm's length away from my guitar right now. It'll pick it up. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's just nutty. I, I had no idea. Like, when it first came out, again, me being a guitar uh, ner- a dork about n- not knowing this stuff, I'm like, is that real? Did they put a drill sound into the – like, I had no idea. And then he was doing it at the shows and then throwing the drill aside. And, yeah. and I and I stopped, and I'm like, wait, that drill's really going. Like, it's really going, you know? So uh, I, I thought it was like a prop, but it really, it really worked. Uh, I love that Pound Cake song. It's absolutely great. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorites for sure too. I used to actually when we would do IFMAs back in the day, I would ride to that song. Oh, would you? <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely pretty uh, pretty sad for sure. Um, yeah. You want to take us out with some stuff? We'll go. Thanks for having me on. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Thank you, Bo Bamberg. Rest in peace, Ed. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory... We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a 
factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years